Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field, or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. Today, we're going to learn about the career of a financial advisor. If you have always been a numbers kind of person, love interacting with people, and a self-motivator, then you may want to listen to this podcast. Nick Agulia comes to us today from Equitable Advisors. Good afternoon, Nick. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Karen. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for being here. Let's jump right in. How, how did your career, how did you get into um, financial advising? Where did you start? So it's actually a very uh, interesting story. I, I, I took, I'll say, a roundabout way to get to where I am today. Like many people, um, when I went to college, I didn't know exactly what it is that I wanted to do. I knew maybe some of my strengths or, or some of the things that I enjoyed, but never really knew the career path that I wanted to take. So I started out majoring in social sciences for two semesters, enjoyed it, but I just didn't see myself having a career that associated with that degree. So from there, I switched over to accounting, and I loved accounting because I loved working with numbers and I loved the whole financial side of things. However, I just didn't see myself sitting at a desk all day. Um, I really wanted something where I had a little bit more control and a little bit more flexibility. So for the third time, I, I switched again and, and went more into the, uh, the business administration path um, with always uh, in the back of my mind, having an interest of something to do with finance but again, at that point in time in my life and career, not knowing exactly where that was going to take me. So out of college, interviewed at a couple of places, graduated. The job market um, was a little bit scarce, so there weren't a lot of opportunities. Uh, and back then for me, it was just kind of take the first opportunity that came along. And I ended up having two or three different career paths that I started out in. I really wasn't uh, in love or married to any of those careers, but I learned some valuable skills along the way. And it wasn't until about six, seven years into my career, finally explored making that transition into the financial professional world and uh, learned more about what it was like to be a financial advisor. I'm assuming that was something in accounting that you started out in, or what was that one first job? <laughs> you would think. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, as, as I mentioned, the job market was a little bit different when I graduated. So I had, uh, I had started working uh, at FedEx doing customs brokerage, nothing that I went to school for, nothing that I really even knew existed. But it was a, it was a good job. It was a great company, but I was at a desk all day. I remember still that at the end of the day, my fingers were hurt just from all the data entry and, and doing all of the, the input on the computer. And as much as I enjoyed my time there and I learned some very valuable skills, it just it wasn't a career path that I saw myself in for the long term. So from there, then I actually transitioned over to doing healthcare recruiting and consulting. Wow. Again, also something that <laughs> did not go to school for, um, which is why when I originally said it was an interesting story on my career path, I, I wasn't kidding. I, I kind of took a couple of different uh, a couple of different turns along the way, not knowing exactly where I was going to end up. 
after doing a couple of years in that in the healthcare consulting and recruiting field, again, also experienced some great successes, also learned some very valuable skills. Um, that's when the uh, the opportunity presented itself to really explore more about the financial planning world. How did you start to learn about financial advising? Did you meet somebody that was, or what was that moment? Yeah, so uh, great question. And um, I'll say that I actually learned about it originally when I was in college. And anybody that's going to school for business or, or accounting or finance probably had some experience or, or even today has some experience still with maybe some recruiters on campus or with a financial company on campus or maybe an insurance company on campus um, that is trying to maybe recruit you into the field. So I had some familiarity. I had interviewed at a couple financial places out of college. I just, at the time, even though I loved finance and, and wanted to be in more of an entrepreneurial field, I didn't necessarily feel the opportunities that I had interviewed for were a good fit which is why my career started off in a different direction. It wasn't until about four or five years later when uh, I met my wife and we got married and we had our first child, a, a friend of mine who I went to high school with actually was a financial advisor with, with AXA Equitable at the time. And I invited him over the house because I wanted to learn more about doing some investing for myself, starting to have a family. I wanted to make sure that I was doing some of the right things and making some of the smart decisions early on. So he had come over, he had presented to me on what it is he did, and I learned more about the career at that point in time. I wasn't necessarily thinking about it necessarily right then and there. I started to learn more about what it meant to be a financial advisor, what a financial advisor does. And on that initial meeting, really, it was just me setting up a retirement account for myself and, and me looking more at some insurance to help protect my family. A few years down the road, though, is when I had him out again for a second time, my advisor now, to do everything with, with my situation. That's when I had started to pose some questions to him and started to think more seriously about making a career change. The big question is, what does a financial advisor really do? That is the million dollar question, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Uh -huh. uh, it is a very, very difficult question to answer. However, I will do my best. And the reason why it's difficult is because the term financial advisor means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And it also can vary based off of the type of financial firm that you work for. So for instance, there are firms that just work with insurance. There are firms that just work with um, investments. There are firms that just work with stocks. There's banks. There's a lot of different financial firms out there and a lot of the, the, the representatives of the professionals who work at all of those different places call themselves financial advisors. What I can speak to is a little bit more about what it is that, that I do or my team and I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and, and really, the easiest way to summarize it is we help people. We help people. We advise people from really the time they get out of college up until the time when they're ready to start planning a, a transition of maybe their, their assets or what they've accumulated onto the next generation. So Karen, what that might look like is if somebody's just out of school, I might meet with them or my team and I might sit down with them and, and advise them on maybe some strategies to help efficiently pay off their student loans. And maybe we take a look at getting a, uh, their first retirement account started, whether it be privately or whether it be through their employer. And now maybe 10 years go by. And after meeting with the person and helping them throughout the course of time, Maybe they, uh, they find a significant other and they get married and maybe they potentially even expand their family. Well, now there's additional conversations. Maybe it's now about college planning for the kids. 
And maybe now it's about uh, making sure we have some disability or life insurance or some sort of risk management tool in place to help protect the family. Here's more go by in, in uh, the, the couple other in their 40s. And now we're talking a little bit more about really looking at the end game, meaning getting close to retirement and coming up with a strategy for when that person wants to retire or when that couple wants to retire, what they want their retirement to look like and how can we make that happen. And it's it's very individualized, which is my favorite part about the career is that no two people are the same, no, no households are the same. Everybody has different goals and aspirations. And, and for some people, they want to sit home on Sundays in the fall time and throw a campfire out back. Other people want to travel the world. And some people just want to go to their local church bingo. There's no right or wrong. So that's where the in-depth process of financial advisor starts is helping somebody to, in some cases, identify or figure out what those goals are. And then it is extremely rewarding to help people on this path from, again, where they are when I found them or when I met them to ultimately where it is they want to be at the time they retire. And then taking it really one step further is, you know, the other aspect of things is that once somebody gets into retirement, now there's some other complications or some other challenges and things they need to think about. And one of those big ones is long-term care. What happens if one of the individuals in a household maybe needs uh, some sort of assisted living or needs to go into a nursing home? How can we protect everything that they've worked hard for their whole life? How can we make sure that we're able to efficiently transfer what they've saved and earned and, and what they own onto their beneficiary in an efficient manner? You just talked from college, first job, marriage, children, pre-retirement, retirement, post-retirement. I mean, that is a lot of years and a lot of life experiences. How does a financial advisor train themselves for all those different nuances? Or do financial advisors specialize in different areas of life? So another great question, and I think it's a very in-depth question. And again, I think it also depends on the financial advisor themselves and on the firm that they associate with. So I will say early on in an advisor's career, one of the goals early on is to become as well-rounded, knowledgeable as you can on multiple different areas. Eventually, what usually we see happen, though, over the course of somebody's career is you tend to specialize in certain areas. So for instance, on on, uh, my team, we have advisors who specialize in working with small businesses. We have advisors that are credentialed to help people through a divorce or the divorce planning process. We have people that are specializing in working with just seniors as they're about to maybe need some sort of long-term care, some sort of assisted living and helping to work with the attorneys and come up with a strategy to protect and transfer some of their wealth and assets. It's, again, very, very different depending on the individual, which, again, goes back to the flexibility of this career and why I love this career. And it's just it's it's afforded me or any advisor who starts out in it to really choose the, the, the specialty or the path that they end up wanting to take. Would you say that there are myths out there about a financial advisor? Absolutely. Some of the common myths I'll say, um, and I'll talk about this from two points. I'll talk about myths of working with an advisor, and then I'll also talk about myths of the career as a financial advisor. So I'll, I'll start off with the, with the career standpoint. There's a lot of myths, and I'll say some of them aren't necessarily even myths. Some of them are their, their views that have been formulated 
based off talking to people who maybe work in the industry but don't necessarily do financial planning. And what I mean by that is some people feel that financial advising field isn't right for them because they don't want to cold call people. That's fine. Most people on my team, they don't cold call people. And in fact, I recommend that they don't cold call people because it is it is more challenging. It is not efficient in today's day and age. And there's a lot better, warmer ways to network and to market and to work through social media and local connections than maybe cold calling would. So I know that's a big fear that sometimes people have. Another fear is uh, or concern sometimes that, that people have about getting into the career is they don't they don't know enough about finance or they didn't go to school for finance. Also a big myth, we do have advisors, many of them in the office with a varying degree of backgrounds and a varying range of, of different college degrees. There's a lot of soft skills, personality traits, work ethic, things of that nature that really are a better indication of how successful somebody can be in the career versus necessarily their financial knowledge. And almost back to your last question or piggybacking off the last question, in terms of how do you learn everything, it is a lifelong learning process. Mm. Not only do things change from a political standpoint and a economic standpoint and a, uh, a tax law standpoint, um, it's important to make sure that we're staying up on those, but also strategies and products and solutions change every single year. So advisors are constantly learning along the way the new or the best solutions to help people to meet their overall goals. So would you say, are there better career backgrounds for someone who might be thinking of making a transition from what they're doing now into becoming a financial advisor? Are, are, are there skills or are there backgrounds? I'll say there's both. Okay. Um, Skills are going to definitely be uh, somebody who has a good work ethic, somebody who is coachable, somebody who has an entrepreneurial mindset, somebody who wants and likes flexibility, maybe think outside the box. Those are some of the really best skills, somebody who's likable, somebody who likes working with people. Those are some, I'll say, the best soft skills uh, that we really see translates and correlates well into the financial field. Another one that I missed, I would say, is uh, leadership skills. So in terms of the careers, we do find a direct correlation with people who have had any type of leadership role in the past. So whether it be played organized sports in high school or college, were part of a maybe a band or an orchestra, where they were part of a team in some way, shape or form, being involved in a team, being able to experience wins and losses, being able to experience good performances and bad performances, find that there's a lot of similarities between people in some sort of organized activity or in some sort of leadership activity and how successful they can be in the financial field. Specifically though, from a career standpoint, it's really across the board. We have very successful advisors in the office who have backgrounds and or degrees in law, in human resources, in, in early childhood education, in law enforcement, in political science, obviously mixed in with business and accounting and finance and math. Um, but th there's really not a, you know, we, we spent a lot of time analyzing this and, and looking at the data and, and trying to see if people of a certain degree of a certain background maybe are the, you know, the best of the best for this career. And again, it just really boils more down to the soft skills, the personality, the, the, the work ethic and the, and the, um, the wanting 
of somebody to be successful and, and the wanting to help other people because ultimately all the stuff I've, I've talked about so far already boils down to one thing. We In this career, we help people. We put people in a better position and we really take pride in helping them. So if someone comes to you looking for some information about what does a financial advisor do, what would it take from where they're standing to get into it, how do you determine whether they have a shot at being a good financial advisor? Or is it just sure. sort of a gut thing for you now because you have, you've done it yourself, so you know coming from a different background to get into it, but also you've been doing financial advising now for a while, so now you have a, even a more personal view of it. How, how do you work that with candidates? I'll say it's it's a little bit of both. I, I like to think that I have a, a, a decent gut instinct at this point in time. However, I still believe in following a process and I still believe in the formality behind uh, the interview process. So if somebody didn't take a chance on me almost 10 years ago, um, I wouldn't be sitting where I'm at now. And this career has been wonderful for not only myself and my family, it's also allowed me to be able to help hundreds and hundreds of different people and families within the community. So somebody took a chance on me and on paper, a couple of years working at FedEx, couple of years doing healthcare recruiting, on paper, I may not have looked like the best candidates for uh, for this career. But fortunately, we've had a, a, a very long standing and a very proven and successful interview process to really help identify candidates that we think would do very well in this field. And we always follow a four-step interview process, very, very intense interview process that we put people through. And through the process, it's a mixture of us interviewing the candidate, but also the candidate interviewing us. And we want to make sure that if we bring somebody on board, if we make an offer to somebody, that they fully understand what this career is about and what is expected of them. It's a very, very challenging career. We've talked about how rewarding it is and how wonderful it is, but I do need to point out it is a very challenging career, especially to get started out in. Mm -hmm. And it really takes a commitment, a determination, and, and, and a dedication from somebody who would want to explore this field. So throughout the process, we cover everything from the firm as a whole, who we are, how long we've been around, what the career is about. We talk about other firms and, and what their models on or what their models are and how we're maybe different from, from them. Um, we talk about business ethics. We talk about um, the expectations on a day-to-day -day basis. We really try to have a very engaging and in-depth conversation with the candidates hmm. to uncover if initially we think this might be a decent opportunity for them. And then if they do well with the first interview and, and they're happy with what they've heard from me and from our firm, we would advance on to a second, a third, and a fourth where we would go much, much more in depth. And ultimately, we would conclude it with having one of the candidates receive a phone call during this uh, virtual time period. Uh, once we're back in the offices, usually we would have the candidate speak with two other financial advisors who are new in the industry to ask questions of another advisor who is maybe within their first 12 months, who's going through the motions right now, who's experiencing the, the trials and the successes that an advisor typically does early on in their career. And it's nice to be able to, we get a lot of positive feedback about that because it's one thing having a conversation with me, somebody maybe that is looked at more formally, looked at maybe more as a, a supervisory role. People sometimes feel more comfortable 
when they can talk to somebody and ask questions to somebody that they look at would be on the same level as them. So great feedback we get from that. Really, we try to leave no stone unturned during the informational and interview process. That is very, I would say, effective. I think that even in almost every career, if someone wants to get to know an organization and they come in and they can talk to the person who's going to be interviewing them, but then if they talk to somebody that's already in the department that actually is doing the job day to day, they can get a really a, a truer sense of what is going on talk to somebody who's actually doing it in the company that you might want to work for for someday to find out whether you're a good fit. Because I think that a lot of people sometimes, you know, they they see an opportunity and they want to go for it. um, But how much research do they do on whether they will be a good fit and whether the company will be a good fit for them? Ultimately, I think the candidate and the employer, they want that person to be around for years to come. So Put some time into the the front end of it so that the long term, they will be there and and they'll be an asset to the company. So that's great. If I can just add to that too, Karen, one of the big differences that our firm has is myself and the other vice presidents that we have across the, um, the states, when we're interviewing candidates and we're taking candidates through the process, we are the ones that are personally interviewing them from start to finish. And the reason why I bring that up, and I think that's important, is because the culture of our teams, the culture of our organization is something that is extremely important to us. And it's one of the reasons why our retention rates are some of the highest in the financial industry. Getting to know the candidate along the way to um, allow them the opportunity to, again, speak with some of the other fellow team members, I have some more skin in the game. So this isn't just... I'm trying to fill a position with a body. I'm trying to just yep. tap somebody, whatever they want to hear, just so that they you know, want to come on board. It is just as important to me to make sure that the individuals that we're interviewing, that they fit into the culture, but also that they understand what the career is about. And, and I always tell candidates, there's no hidden agenda. I am extremely transparent. Our firm is extremely transparent. We have, it serves us um, no benefit. There's no benefit for us to mislead somebody or to lead them down the wrong path. So the openness, the the upfrontness, the in-depthness that we take people through, again, I think is one of the reasons why when we do make an offer to a candidate and bring them on board, they fully know what to expect. And they tend to have more success and, and tend to have a, a longer career um, than, than maybe what we see from the industry as a whole. And I'm assuming that you have a candidate go through that process, not only if they're a career changer, but if they're a financial advisor somewhere else. So you have to put everybody through that same process, correct? Correct. And, and again, good, bad, or indifferent, every firm operates slightly differently. Yeah. And- I'm not here today to obviously say that one model is better than another necessarily, but every model is different. Mm-hmm. So it's important to take even an existing financial advisor or maybe somebody who tried out the financial field and maybe it wasn't the right fit for them at the time. Well, what I always tell people is maybe it's not the the career that wasn't a right fit for you. Maybe it was the firm that you were partnered with. And again, I don't mean that disrespectfully toward any other firm out there. Right. It means that different people 
tend to do better with different companies, with different models and different structures. So there's a lot of times when we'll meet with advisors who are licensed to be an advisor and maybe they had an experience and they just for whatever reason didn't feel it was a good fit for them and they were borderline thinking about just uh, giving up on the career as a whole and it's it's for me very rewarding to be able to speak with an individual and at least give them a different perspective before they just kind of write the industry off and let them know that there are other options out there and maybe we are the right fit maybe we're not the right fit but it is, again, a very, very rewarding career, you know, and, and I really think that people should consider this, at least look into it or have a conversation with somebody about this being a viable option for them. So if someone uh, listening is is really interested in learning even more about it or just having a conversation with you to find out if where they're coming from, their interests, their personality would be a good fit, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, I would absolutely love that. If anybody has any interest or, or just wants to learn more about the career as a whole, I don't know if this comes through um, over a podcast, but I am extremely passionate about this career and what it is that we do to, to serve people and to help people on a day-to-day basis. So I love having conversations with people who are in the industry already, as well as people that are maybe considering joining the industry. So I will say that uh, two main ways, if somebody just wants to a little bit more casually connect with me, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn more pointed or a direct way to reach out to me if you wanted to have a conversation was just to give me a call direct. My direct number is area code 716-626-2596. And uh, I'll just repeat that again. It's area code 716-626-2596. So we're going to switch gears just for a minute and come from the advisor perspective. Can you leave us with three pieces of financial advice, especially during these t- these difficult times right now? Because I know with unemployment being so high, people trying to just survive at this point and get through this crisis and see how the pieces land on the other side. The financial piece is a huge piece for everybody. So do you have three pieces of advice financially for people? I absolutely do. And and this advice will be uh, due to legal reasons. It, it's a little bit more generic, but I think it'll still be um, some good advice or some good uh, basic financial knowledge to start off with. Sure. First and foremost, I, I think before I get into those three pieces, is it's very easy to look at the numbers and the charts and the graphs, but really trying to identify somebody's overall feelings and their concerns. And it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, sometimes harder if we're meeting with somebody and, and we want to give them all this advice and things to do. But at the end of the day, they're concerned about whether they're going to have a job next week. So again, there's always that human element and that's not lost on me and that's not lost on our, on our team. So if you're faced with a situation right now where just trying to pay the bills on a day-to-day or a month-to-month basis is, is the primary concern, then that's fine. And you know, nobody would really, I think, advise somebody in that situation that they need to go out to borrow and start investing. I think that there's Uh, maybe more important priorities that they need to focus on. However, I'm talking about that in just the extreme short term based off of what's going on. Obviously, if somebody finds themselves in a position where they are able to start saving, now is probably one of the best times for somebody to start putting some money away for themselves for the future. And I'll say one thing to keep in mind when it comes to saving money is the younger somebody can start 
the better off that they're going to be. There's a couple of words or phrases, compounding interest or compounding growth uh, or the time value of money. These can be some of your best friends. It's very easy for somebody just to go Google, um, say, uh, savings calculator or IRA calculator. And there's a lot of different sites out there you can use. It it doesn't really matter which one. But you can play around with a little bit and, and just look at the difference between somebody who starts saving for their future at age 22 versus 32 versus 42. And the difference, depending on how much money somebody puts away, can easily be in the hundreds of thousands, if not in some cases, millions of dollar range just by starting to save money early in your 20s versus waiting. That's also one of the questions we'll get frequently is that it's, you know, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, some cases I'm in my 60s. Is it too late to start saving? The short answer is it's never too late to come up with a plan. Never, you know, never be, for some people, never be embarrassed or never be ashamed of where you're at. Uh, A financial advisor's job is not to judge somebody. It's to take a look at where they're currently at and help them to come up with a game plan on the future, not to look at the past. Second piece of advice, I'll say, keep it simple. There's a lot of, you know, with with access to the internet and with access to all these different uh, trading platforms that are out there these days, I'll say it's very easy for for people, uh, especially sometimes younger people, to want to overcomplicate things. They want to strike it rich. They want to throw all their money into one thing and they want to just hope the best and it's a gamble. So really what I try to emphasize to people is you have a little bit extra money that you want to play around with. That's fine. That's great. Give it a whirl. But it can't be in absence of a sound financial plan and trying to figure out maybe uh, how do I save money for a house or how do I put money away as an emergency fund or how do I start saving for retirement or depending on where you are in, in your life and in your career, having that sound plan and keeping it simple is going to be the best solution. Third, I'll say is another big one. Don't let others influence your decisions. If you work for a company or you're in an organization, you know, the, the, the water cooler truck where, where, you know, somebody or many people, they all want to give you their advice. They all want to tell you what they're doing. They all want to tell you what the right thing to do is. Um, you know, they all want to tell you about the crystal ball that they have at home. And, and it just it's it becomes noise and it's very easy to get scared. It's very easy to maybe um, go off track a little bit if we're if we're making emotional decisions or if we're trying to do what other people are necessarily doing. The main thing to keep in mind is that every situation is different. So what a coworker is doing, maybe it's great for them. Maybe their financial advisor gave them great advice or maybe they Googled something and they, they happen to find good advice, but that doesn't mean that it's right for your individual circumstances. Always stress the importance of if you're young, if you maybe don't even necessarily have a lot saved for yourself yet, or maybe even if you're older, if you're getting closer to retirement, seek out the advice of a financial professional. Just like when my car starts making weird noises, I go to my mechanic and he probably laughs at me because I try to explain the clinking or clunking (laughs) my vehicle's making. Again, I I can only imagine what he thinks of, of how I'm trying to explain it. But regardless, I go to an expert. If I have a health concern, I don't use WebMD. I mean, maybe I, I, I look there. I think it's human nature. A lot of us will do. But I, I know that I'm going to go to a doctor and I'm going to seek a professional who's licensed and trained to provide me the advice. So, again, I, I always encourage people, even if you decide not to work with an advisor, even if you decide not to um, necessarily take the advice of an advisor, 
to explore your options and, and never think that you're too young to start. Never think that maybe it's too late in your life to start. Every single person can benefit in some way, shape, or form from just having a conversation with a, a comprehensive financial planner. All of that advice is really extremely helpful. And you would think sometimes that that information is very basic, but the number of people that don't do those things and kind of get themselves into a hole and then start to stress about it, if you just plan a little bit, plan ahead and talk to the right people and get some information, it, it can really set you on the right track. So I, I thank you for that. I thank you for the time today to talking to us about financial advising. You know, there's a lot of people out there that weren't really sure, maybe they've never worked with one, and they didn't really know what they did. And then there's also a lot of people out there who are thinking about changing, especially right now with all of the unemployment. People are really starting to think, what do I want to do in my next step? Do I want to go back and do what I've been doing? Maybe they weren't that thrilled with what they were doing. Maybe I want to start looking into something else. And this is a great time to like self-evaluate and, and figure it out. Having the conversations like with you, reaching out to you and just talking to you about this, I think would be a, a tremendous help to them. Thank you today for coming out and talking to us and giving us some information. Thank you for being a resource out there for the community for either needing help as a financial advisor or just thinking about starting a new career and becoming one. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. No problem, Karen. Thank you again very much for inviting me and having me on. Yeah, and I will I will also put your contact information in again in the description for the podcast. And it, this will also be seen on YouTube and we'll have it on the description as well so that people can reach out to you. But you are on LinkedIn. And then just connect and have a conversation because that's where it all starts is, is just that simple conversation. Take care, everyone, and be kind and be kind to everyone. Have a good day.